today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. If you're my friend, you'll wound me with the truth. I might resent it initially, but I'll appreciate it eventually. And conversely, if you multiply kisses, as the proverb says, and you do not wound me with the truth, but multiply kisses instead, oh, I might initially appreciate it, but eventually I'll resent it. Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? I needed to hear the truth, and you didn't speak the truth. You must not love me. The best friend you can be to another Christian is to tell them the truth of God's Word always. When it's time to encourage, encourage. When it's time to correct, correct. Pastor J.D. is going to ask you today what it's worth to not point other Christians to God when they stray. You could be who keeps them from falling into sin. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 6, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Try to superimpose the template of what's happening in our day over this that was happening in Jeremiah's day. So basically, they had these people, these prophets, these priests that were basically telling everyone, it's all good. It's not that big of a deal. You know what? What's that saying? Keep calm and carry on. Keep moving, nothing to see here. It's all going to be okay. Peace, peace. Oh, uh, wait. I know what Jeremiah is saying. That doom and gloom guy. He's talking about judgment. Now it's not that bad. It's going to be okay. They, they heal the hurt. Don't miss that. The hurt of my people. These are people that are a needy people, a hurting people. And here comes these people saying, hey, let me see what I... And they they basically put a band-aid. That's the brand name, by the way. An adhesive, you know, whatever. But a band-aid. They put a band-aid on an open cut. Uh, no, this is pretty serious. No, it's not. No, this this is bad. No, it's not. It's good. It's going to be good. It's going to be okay. No. You're telling me peace, peace, but there's no peace. You're not being truthful with me. This is dealing falsely with me. You're not speaking the truth to me. You're only telling me what I want to hear. Why are you doing that? Oh, I know why. Because you want me to come back to your church. So you're going to just continue telling me what my ears are itching to hear. This comports with a very well-known prophecy from the Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit to Timothy about that which would mark the last days. 
He says to Timothy, there's a day coming, Timothy, when the people will not put up with sound doctrine. They will not tolerate it. In fact, here's what they're going to do instead. They're going to flock, very interesting detail, in great numbers. These are going to be big churches. Oh, maybe that's another reason why you don't want to tell me the truth and tell me that I'm a good person and peace and peace and there's no peace and I'm not a good person. Actually, I'm a sinner. But you don't want to do that because you want people to feel comfortable and you want people to come back because, and they'll do so in great numbers. Sounds like you might need to buy a stadium to accommodate those big numbers. See, because if you do that, what's going to happen is that they're going to come in great numbers Why? Because you're only going to tell them what they want to hear, what their ears are itching to hear, and you will not tell them what they need to hear. Imagine in Jeremiah's day that they were deliberately withholding this unpopular message that judgment was coming. Listen, I don't want to be a killjoy. I know we're having all a great time, and it's party on, but this is serious because judgment's coming. The Babylonians are coming. You know that beautiful house you built? They're going to take that house. You know those fields that you have and planted? They're going to take that too. You know those vineyards that you have and take great pride in? They're going to take that too. In fact, they're going to take you captive, back to Babylon, and they're going to destroy this city, and God's going to allow it, because God has to allow it, because if that's what it takes, then so be it. And here's another thing, and I just parenthetically probably need to mention this in the context of what we just read. It's cyclical, and I'll explain what I mean by that. So God would bless His people. They would prosper. They would get soft. And they would then be given over to covetousness and wickedness and so forth. And then God would warn them, and they would not repent. And so then God would have to do this to get their attention because that's what it takes. And then they're taken into captivity, and then they cry out, Oh God! And then they repent. And then God returns them and restores them, and blesses them and prospers them. And then they get, you'll forgive the expression, fat and sassy. Is that bad? I know it's not politically correct, but (laughs) you get the point. And then it's the same cycle. (laughs) One said famously, it's deja vu all over again. I know that's a redundancy. Then they would 
in their prosperity, in the blessing of God, they would then sin greatly against God, and God would warn them, and they wouldn't repent. And so then God has to allow this heavy hand of judgment again. And then they repent, and then here we are, all smug and pious, looking at the Israelites, looking down on the Israelites like, man, what's up with them? You hear God blesses them, and then they sin against God, and you would think they would get it. Oh, really? How about you? This is us. It's so cyclical. God blesses us, and then we get so comfortable and take for granted and start enjoying. The, again, prosperity is more dangerous than adversity. And the very blessing of God ends up drawing us away from God. And then when God tries to get us to return to Him, we don't. And then He's got to allow something like this to happen in order to get our attention. It's not because He hates us, it's because He loves us. If you think about it, He wouldn't bother if He didn't love us. He loves us enough to allow the Babylonians in our life to take us captive, to get a taste. We're given over to that. We get our fill of that. And it's because of that that we crowd to God, Oh God, I have sinned. And then He restores us, and then He blesses us, and then He prospers us, and here we go again. They did it then, we do it now. One last thing, and then we'll move on again. Just bear with me. There is coming a day, and we're going to see this in James, by the way. There is coming a day when every pastor in every pulpit will have to give an account and be judged by a much stricter standard because of verse 14. Did you cower and falter from speaking the truth in love because of love to the people and warn them? And we're going to see that here in a moment. Because if you didn't, then their blood is on your hands. Because you didn't warn them. And the reason why you didn't warn them is because you wanted them to come in great numbers, and they knew they could come in great numbers and bring their friends in great numbers because, man, first of all, this guy, he doesn't talk that long like the other guy over on the windward side that goes <laughs> sometimes over an hour. This guy does like a 20-minute thing. Okay, now I'm in for that. One has aptly called them sermonettes for Christianettes. And that's what it is. It's Christianity light. You know, let's not blow them out of the water. Let's just kind of keep it, you know, light and... Let's not get into the, I mean, we don't want to talk about, you know, 
things like sin. And even if you look at some of the songs that are sung under the banner of praise and worship, you'll notice conspicuously absent from them are things like the blood of Christ, the cross of Christ, the word sin, the word sinner. No, it's uh, that's too offensive. We might offend somebody. <laughs> what? You better offend them into heaven instead of flatter them into hell because you're going to give an account one day. I know I said one last thing. This will be the last thing. It's so ironic. Again, bear with me. It's so ironic. Because the pastor in that pulpit has this notion that if he preaches a feel-good, peace, peace message, that people are going to flock in great numbers to his church. But what he doesn't realize is, those people are going to realize, wait a minute, especially with what's happening in the world today, it's what I call cotton candy Christianity. You know, you cannot go very long eating cotton candy. No, sometimes you need some vegetables, <laughs> meat. You need some meat. That's all sugar and sweet. But as a Christian, you're going to have a lot of cavities by way of illustration. And what's that going to do to your spiritual health? What would happen to your physical health if your diet was sugar? <laughs> How's that going to work out for you? That's very unhealthy. And with what's happened in the world over the last couple of years, and I praise God for it, by the way, and don't get me wrong, God has allowed what has happened to happen, and multitudes have come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because of what's happened. But those people that would go to these churches that had the peace, peace message are sitting there going, wait a minute. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose my livelihood. And you're up there doing this whole song and dance, horse and pony show. I'm going farther than I probably should, but you get what I'm saying, right? He ain't going to cut it. He ain't going to cut it anymore. Oh, three, four years ago, yeah, that was doable. I went to church, feel good. What's for lunch? Well, now it's uh, getting real. And I can't sit. I'm just speaking generically. And, of course, by way of illustration, I, I can't sit in a church when everything in the world is happening the way it is and hear a pastor that is, first of all, he's not even talking about that. What's he talking about? Oh, 
It's believed that the um, color of sandals that Jesus wore were uh, this, and you know, and historically they, and that's even if they bring that up, they're just kind of touching on a couple of verses here, a couple of verses there, and let's keep the thing moving. And that person sitting there is hurting. And they're healing that hurt only slightly. That person that is sitting there listening to this needs to hear the truth. Yeah, it might wound, but faithful are the wounds of a friend. If you're my friend, you'll wound me with the truth. I might resent it initially, but I'll appreciate it eventually. And conversely, if you multiply kisses, as the proverb says, and you do not wound me with the truth, but multiply kisses instead, oh, I might initially appreciate it, but eventually I'll resent it. Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? I needed to hear the truth. And you didn't speak the truth. You must not love me. You must not love me. Okay. Verse 15. It gets worse, so you know. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No. They were not at all ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. Not only did they not blush, they didn't even know how to blush. Boy, does that describe our day to day? No shame. They don't know how. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. At the time I punish them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord, verse 16, Stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. Sounds like something Jesus said. It's believed actually by some that Jesus was referring to this verse here in Jeremiah. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden and weary, and I will give you rest for your souls. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. Interesting, the old paths, why don't you go back to the old path, the proven path, the good way, and ask, seek, stand in and walk in it. And if you will, then you'll find rest for your souls. Well, what's their response? But they said, we will not walk in it. What? Also, verse 17, I set watchmen over you saying, listen to the sound of the trumpet. Well, what was their response? But they said, we will not listen. Whoa. You mean to tell me that There were actually watchmen that were sounding the trumpet? Yeah. They sounded the trumpet 
warning, warning, warning. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And what do they do? We will not listen. Here's this plea again. Stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. That kind of reminds me just real quick about, oh, I, I hope you don't misunderstand when I say it. I love teaching the Old Testament. I love teaching the New Testament too, but I love the Old Testament. I hope this doesn't mess you up. You're already messed up, so <laughs> it's probably going to mess you up more. But I actually enjoy teaching the Old Testament than I do the prophecy update. You okay? Especially now, because the updates are so, so intense. I love the Old Testament. What I wanted to share was, this is an actual conversation I had many years ago on the mainland, long time ago in a land far, far away. This is an actual conversation I had concerning the Old Testament. The person says to me, wait, the Old Testament? Isn't that old? <laughs> the, that's, that's the Old Testament. It's, it's old. Is it any wonder that there are churches today that don't go anywhere near the Old Testament? Oh, they're being robbed of the riches. Because the Old Testament conceals what the New Testament reveals. If you're just reading the New Testament, it's like watching. This is going to really, well, it's too late. You're already messed up. But remember those black and white TVs with the tubes, the ones that you had to bang and, oh, good, you do remember. And then the, the foil on the antennas, you know, you're trying to get them right and, Oh, and this is pre-remote. You know, you've probably told your kids, back in my day we had three channels. <laughs> and you had to get up and turn the channel. And when that dial broke, you got pliers. You had to get the pliers and, and then the foil, and then you get this fuzzy black and white screen. I'm going somewhere with this, don't worry. That's like limiting yourself to the New Testament. It's kind of fuzzy. It's not so clear. And where's the color? Now, the Old Testament, when you plug into the Old Testament, that little black and white fuzzy <laughs> screen that you're watching, it turns into 3D IMAX. <laughs> How's that for an illustration? If you got a better one, let me know. But I mean, it's... Oh, the color, the picture. They have 4K now. Mike, isn't it like 8K now? More than that even. Some of you are going, what? <laughs> the, the quality of the images now, the technology as it's advancing, it is so clear. In fact, it's too clear. I, I'm very concerned if we move from HD to 4K. I've already discussed this because, you know, they're going to see, like, things that, you know, it's so detailed, and, and that's not good. So anyway, I, I digress, but the old ways, 
the proven path. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. If you're enjoying these teachings in the book of Jeremiah, we encourage you to continue following through this series with us and to read on your own, too. God may reveal some things to you that you'll find interesting. In Spirit and Truth is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. He also gives prophecy updates weekly that touch on the things happening right now. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D., You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. If you'd like to access any of these things on our mobile app, you can do that too. Go to the Resources tab on our website. You can download from there. That's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Jeremiah. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. But until then, be thinking about what you heard today, what it meant for the people then, and what it means for you today in the here and now. Come learn what's coming up next here on In Spirit and Truth. Truth 